Thank you, preacher. Boy, I'll tell you, the Lord's good, isn't he? I was just thinking about you, preacher. He sure looks good to be a sick man, don't he? Or was a sick man. <laughs> when you get my age, you don't look good anyway, so whether you're sick or not, it doesn't matter. I heard about uh, the guy, he said he's, he got so old, they discontinued his blood type. And, uh, but you're getting old when you, they discontinue your blood type, amen? But anyway, I found out the little lady that I helped, the little old lady I helped across the streets, my wife. And uh, so it's, my mom used to say, Preach, uh, Roger, it's bad getting old. I said, Mama, there's only one alternative to growing old, and that's dying. She said, yeah, but it's still bad getting old. <laughs> Turn to the book of Hebrews, and I don't want to waste any time and make sure we get out of here on time for the Spanish ministry. Certainly thank the Lord for that good ministry. I want to preach a message about faith tonight. And, uh, you know, faith is really, it's, it's involved in everything in our life. You can't even be saved apart from faith, by grace through faith. And uh, we're to live by faith, we're to give by faith, we're to obey God by faith. And I want to talk about faith tonight. And we're going to talk about it in the life of a man named Abraham, who was not a perfect man. There are no perfect men or women, except our Lord Jesus Christ was a perfect man. He's the only one. And uh, I want us to read these verses of Scripture uh, in just a moment, just a few verses, three verses I think it is. But, but there's two basic ways to live life. You say, what does faith have to do with, with a missions conference? Everything has something to do with everything about our life. It takes faith to go to a door and knock on it, not knowing what's behind the door. And uh, boy, I tell you, that fear business, people have fear. We need faith to overcome that, amen? In fact, 1 John 5, 14, 5, 4 says that we overcome the world by our faith. And if we don't overcome the world, the world will overcome us and overwhelm us. But we live by faith when we put faith in things we cannot see. Have you ever thought about that? If you're saved tonight, you trusted a Savior that you've never seen. That's exactly what we've done. You, you, hey, listen, you, you're going to a heaven you've never seen. Uh, you have a salvation that you've, you can't see it, but thank God you can see the the difference it makes in our life, amen? And, uh, you know, people say, well, I, I'd believe it if I could see it. Let me tell you, God Almighty is not going to let you put him under a microscope. Scope. Brother, let me tell you something. It starts off the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It doesn't try to prove his existence because I believe every human being has been put within them a knowledge that there is a God. They may not understand about Jesus, of course, but they know there's something beyond them, Amen. So we live by what God says in His Word, and that's faith. Then we can live by sight. We live for things we can see, things we can feel. Uh, boy, you'll never overcome the world like that. The world will overwhelm you and overcome you if you do that. Now, Jesus commended faith repeatedly. He said, as, as your faith is, so be it. Faith is a very important part of life, for by grace you say through faith. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word, the Bible says. We're to walk by faith. Have you ever thought about this? If you, if you work hard and do a lot of good things for the church, and I mean, you're a Christian, you do a lot of good things. If they're not done by faith, it's not pleasing to God. For apart from faith, we cannot please God. So our whole life is about faith. It's so important. Let me give you my little definition of faith, and if you can write it down, it's a little bit long, but you might want to jot it down. Faith is trusting, and I base this on Hebrews 11. Faith is trusting and believing what God says in His Word. 
But now that's not it. That's not the total. Because when I read about this great chapter, chapter 11 of faith, it doesn't just say that by faith that Abel had faith or Noah had faith or Abraham had faith. Every time it says they had faith, it said they did something. By faith, Noah built an ark. By faith, Abraham left his country. By, Abel, by faith, Abel offered a better sacrifice. So let me finish my definition. It is trusting and believing what God says in his word and acting upon it. Brother, hey, we hear some of the best preaching in the world in this church. Not, not, not tonight, of course. And by the way, your preacher could have anybody in this country to come, and they would be delighted to come to a church like Woodland, and he still lets me have a little part of it. I appreciate that, preacher. He's very kind. But anyway, I guess he... But anyway, he, I, I appreciate him so much. But in the Hebrews, they did something. Every time it says, by faith, they did something. So you not only... Hear the word of God, but you act upon it. You do something. And uh, that's so vital and so important in our lives. Well, I want us to look at a little faith in the life of Abraham here. In, in Hebrews 11, there's more said about Abraham and his faith than any other character in the Bible. He was called the friend of God. Now, let's look, if we could, in verse number 7. I'm sorry, verse number 8. The Bible says, by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should afterward receive for an inheritance, what did he do? He obeyed. And he went out not knowing whether he went. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promises in a strange country, dwelling in the tabernacles, that's tents, with Isaac, Jacob, and the heirs of him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. So have a brief prayer. Father in heaven, I thank you for the joy and the privilege to stand here in this pulpit. Thank you for Dr. Seabury, the good testimony we heard. And now, Lord, we pray as we hear from the Bible that we'll not only believe it, but we'll act upon it. And, Lord, we should act upon it no matter what the circumstances are now or the consequences later. But help us, our God, to be men and women that live and operate and act by faith whether it be in our giving to missions, whether it be in our soul winning, no matter what it's like, God, that we might be people of faith. There may be somebody in this meeting this week that you've been dealing with their heart about being a missionary, and fear has come into their heart, and doubt has come into their heart, and that, that happens sometimes. But I pray that even tonight, Lord, they might learn that if they believe, if they truly believe, then they'll act upon what they believe. So I pray you'll help us all to do that in Jesus' name. Amen. When you think about Abraham being an example of faith, a lot of people that don't know much about the Bible, they think immediately, well, if God chose Abraham to be the father of the nation of Israel, and if he chose him, then he must have been a righteous man living in an ungodly world. But the truth of the matter, according to Joshua 24 and other passages, we find out that Abraham was anything but a righteous man. Him and his daddy were idolaters. I mean, they served and lived for other gods. But then God steps in and by grace saves that man. You say, well, how did he get saved? He got saved the same way you and I got get saved. You know, when Paul, and, and I believe it's Romans 4, he wanted to illustrate and explain to the Jewish people how a person gets saved. I'm talking about the Jews of his day. And you know what he did? He reached back to David and to Abraham and said, this is how you get saved. 
And he quoted from Genesis 15. The Bible says this. It said, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. That's, being, that's having faith. And he acted upon the faith that he had in our Lord and accepted him as his Savior. Now I'm going to give you three quick things tonight and we'll get out and let the Spanish folk get in. By faith, Abraham made a decision that he would obey God. He made that decision. Look at it in verse number 8. Abraham, when he was uh, called to go out into a, go out, he's going away from his home into a place which he should have to receive for an inheritance. He did what? He obeyed. He obeyed. He had a word from God. Now, that's how the only way you can have faith is to have a word from God. The word from God was, Abraham, now that I've saved you, I want you to leave where you are. I want you to separate from where you are. Now, I'll give you a couple of things about that. Number one, it was an immediate step of faith. I mean, he, we don't find him hesitating. All we find, as soon as God said leave, he obeyed. Don't you like that? I mean, buddy, he didn't fiddle around. He didn't try to reason with God. He had no hesitation, and he was 75 years old. Man, he was ready to start drawing his pension, amen? But at 75 years old, God saved his soul and said, I've got a great work for you to do, but you're going to have to separate. And you know, any of us that ever do anything much for God, when God saves us, there's some things we've got to be separated from. This old world, we've got to be separated from this world. And he was, he was, see, God wants to separate us unto himself. And he's going to leave a house, and he's going to live in a tent the rest of his life. We have no evidence that Abraham ever lived in a house after he left the earth of the Chaldees. He lived in a tent the rest of his life. Have you ever thought about, ladies, what it'd be like to live in a tent in the desert? Man, the wind starts blowing a little bit, and all that dust comes right in your living room, gets in your refrigerator. I mean, it's all over the place. And then about the time you get it cleaned up, there comes another puff of sand coming in. And, uh, but he did. He, he lived in a tent. And God will call every one of us after we're saved to separate from the worldly ways, even sometimes from our ambitions, from some friends that we may have had that had a great uh, drawing power on our life. But he made an immediate step of faith. You don't find him taking time to say, let me think about it, God. That's not faith. Brother, faith is what? Believing God and then acting upon it immediately. But it was not only an immediate step of faith, it was an immense step of faith. Look at that. Do you see that? Now, boy, this, will cha this challenges me right here as well as you. But look at it, if you would. The Bible said he obeyed and he went out with a AAA. He'd gone down to AAA and he got him a map. You know, they'll map out a trip for you. And they got, they, he got them to map out the trip where he was going. Actually, the Bible says he went out not knowing whether he went. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. If I wasn't a Christian, I'd say he was an idiot. Man, he's crazy. I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine going down to the post office and saying, well, I want to go ahead and get my mail. Me and my wife, we're going to be leaving town. And the postmaster said, well, that's okay. I hate to lose you and hate you leaving town. But here you go. Let me get this, uh, send your mail to where now? What'd you say? I didn't say. Uh, you, could you give me your forwarding address? You don't have to know your box number. We'll send it to general delivery in that city. He said, I really don't even know where I'm going. He said, you're leaving home, and you don't know where you're going. He probably looked at him mighty funny. Then he goes down to the bank, and he's going to withdraw whatever money he's got in the bank. 
And he says, well, I won't be doing banking. Are you upset with our bank? No, 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 I'm just, we're, we're relocating. Well, where are you going? I don't know. You've already got the U-Haul camels backed up there and going to load up and you're going to leave and you don't even, how do you know what road to take out of town? He said, well, God said he'd show me. You don't know where you're going. Now, let me tell you something, folks. That's what's called faith. In God's call to leave, and he acted upon it immediately, and it was an immediate. Hey, listen, how about friends and family? Can you imagine that? Can you imagine Miss Cyrus packing up everything, and sister over there comes into the house and said, well, Miss Cyrus said, y'all leaving? Yeah, we're leaving. Well, where are you going? I don't know. You mean your husband hadn't told you where you're going? He don't know either. <laughs> Let me tell you, we would call them all loonies. We'd put them in a straitjacket to try to help them and carry them off to the loony farm or something. I remember when God saved my soul. I, we're from eastern North Carolina, moved up to Newport News and got saved up there. And I, I'll never forget when God dealt with me about a year after being saved about preaching. And I knew God was dealing with me, and I said yes, and I acted upon it. I was, I, was, I was fulfilling my dream. I'd always wanted to be in design work, and I always wanted to work on nuclear submarines, and that's exactly what I was doing. Wore a tie every day to uh, work and all that stuff, design department. And uh, I'll never forget when I walked in to see the, the unit manager. I mean, he was, well, he was the division manager. He was a big guy. And he said, uh, Roger, he said, what in the world? I hear you're, you're quitting the shipyard and, and, and you're, you're going off to Bible college or somewhere. I said, yes, sir. He said, well, who's going to, and I explained to him what I was going to do. And he said, well, you know, you've got to have somebody to take care of. You can't just go off like that. I said, I have somebody. He said, you got somebody to help you with your, with your school bill? I said, yes, sir. And honest, I wasn't trying to be smart alecky. It just came out. He said, well, who is it? I said, it's my father. I wasn't trying to be a smart aleck. I just didn't know how it was answering. He said, well, he said, your father must be somebody, a person of good means. I said, he is. He said, well, he said, uh, what kind of work, what kind of business is your father in? I said, he's in the soul-saving business. <laughs> oh, your daddy's a preacher. And I said, sir, let, let me explain to you. I'm talking about God the Father. And you know what he told me? He said, son, you're young and you're stupid. We're giving you raises every three months, promoting you, and you're going to leave and don't even know who's going to take care of your bill. How much money you got saved up? I said, well, be honest with you, I had enough to pay the U-Haul truck bill. I said, I don't know any money much because we paid off our debts. I only owe one car payment. And uh, he said, and you're going to take off. He said, you must have the promise of a good job. I said, no, sir, I don't have a job just yet. But when I get there, I'll get one. And you know what? As, a, as an unsaved guy, he couldn't understand that. That was about the dumbest thing he'd ever heard. He shook his head at me. And he said, well, we hate to lose you, hate for you leaving, but if you're determined to do it, go ahead and do it. You know, when God knows where you're going, you don't have to know where you're going. If God says go somewhere, I'm not going to tell you where, but I'll lead you. You say, well, how's he going to lead you if he hadn't told you where you're going? You've got to have a, a destination. Just like your automobile lights, if it's dark outside tonight, if it's, pitch, if it's dark out there, you know what? Your automobile lights is going to help lead you to the house or wherever you're going after the service. 
When you cut on your lights, it's not going to shine, and, cut, and your lights are going to turn down. That. It's not going to shine all the way to your house. But it'll shine far enough out in front of you that you can drive safely. Amen? And as you move along, you know what your lights do? They move ahead of you. And you can get to where you're going. You know what? That's the way God is. He won't tell us everything at the beginning. He won't let us know all the details of what he's calling us to do. And that brings a little fear in our hearts, and faith has to overcome that fear. And we have to say, well, Lord, you'll show me as I move along. What are we doing? We're trusting God's word and acting upon it. Faith never waits till you know where you're going to end up at or how it's going to turn out. Lord, I'll do your will. I'll go to the mission field. I'll do anything but I'd like to have a little more information. Let me tell you, God doesn't have to give us anything. And he sure didn't have to save our unworthy soul. But he did save us. And he said, if you'll just trust me, Roger, I'll take care of you. I'll provide for you. I'll help you. I'll, I'll do all that's necessary. So by a determination, he decided to obey God. Not knowing where he was going, he just, he just lit out. Number two, he depended on God. How you know that, preacher? Two things in the life of Abraham shows his dependence on God. See, God obligates himself to people. I didn't say he's obligated us. I said he obligates himself. He did to Abraham. He was going to guide and provide for Abraham. He was going to lead him and feed him and going to protect him. All of that stuff was in the package. His dependence on God is revealed in two things. First of all, his pilgrim life. You know, Abraham understood something about life that I'm afraid that I and many of you may not understand very well. You know, this whole thing is temporary down here. It's all temporary. God said, now, I'm going to put you in a tent. You'll never live in a house, and we have no record in the Bible where he ever lived in a house. You see, a tent speaks of something that's temporary. And it's something that at any time God speaks to go somewhere, you don't have to get a real estate dealer. You just pack up your tent, fold it up good, throw it on the back of a camel, and down the road you go. You see, his pilgrim life, which was represented by a tent, but thank God, God was with him. Amen. God was with us. He's behind us. He's beneath us. He's beside us. God is all around us, he's for us, and he's in us. That's what's the good part about it. So what we have to do is we have to be careful that we're not distracted by the world and, and what the world would call our faith foolishness. We can't let that distract us. We have to believe God totally and then act upon that faith. The cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, keep a lot of men out of the ministry. I think one of the most deceitful things in the world is money, wealth, houses, lands, all this thing. Listen, I'm guilty as dirt sometimes, just like you are. Come on, let's be honest. And, uh, but he lived in a tent, and that showed that it was, a, it was a, 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 a pilgrim kind of a life. You know, one day I get to heaven, I hope and pray to God, I can say, Lord, I'm glad I did, instead of saying, I wished I had. May God help us to believe God's word and act upon it. But not only was a pilgrim life represented by a tent, but he lived a, he had a prayer life represented by an altar. 
You know, you and I will never be people of great faith, whether it means going into the ministry, becoming a missionary, knocking on a door out on visitation, whatever it is, we'll, 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 never, we'll never have what we need without faith. We've got to have faith, amen, and we've got to have an altar. We'll never have faith without an altar. And an altar is a place where Abraham would kneel down, offer sacrifices, talk to the Lord, pray. No wonder that Isaac was such a good man in so many ways. He watched his daddy at an altar. You never find old Lot, his nephew, ever building an altar. You don't find that anywhere in the Bible. So what he's saying is, I'd rather live in a tent for Jesus than to have the luxuries of this life. I can pull my tent up quickly. I don't put mistakes too deep down. You know this song we sing, a tent or a cottage, why should I care? They're building a mansion for me over there. Though exiled from home, yet still may I sing, all glory to God. I tell you one thing, I'm a child of the King. And if we have that, my goodness, why can't, if, God, if we can trust God to save us and take us to heaven, not let us go to hell, can't we trust Him for anything else and everything else? I believe we should. You know we should. You know, just we get our, we get our tent pegs so far down in the ground, it's hard to pull it up and change when the Spirit of God talks and deals with us. You know, this old world's going to burn up one day. Don't burn right up. This world's on a collision course with the judgment of God. So, so number, number one, he made a decision to believe God. He had a dependence upon God, represented by the tent and the altar, but he had a desire to be with God more than anything else. Look, if you would, at uh, verse number 10. He's talking about the promised land, the inheritance. He's talking about tents. He's talking about all this. But here's what he said. He looked. He anticipated. He looked for a city which hath foundations. Now, a tent doesn't have any foundations. See, that didn't bother him because he had an eye on another place. He didn't just have an eye on, the, on what he had on this earth. He had an eye on another place that had foundations, which means what? Permanence. Not temporary, but permanence. Well, wh where was that city at? Well, I'll tell you who the builder and the architect was. And the maker was God. He's talking about his future. He's talking about heaven. And what he's saying is that, listen, I can walk in this life and not get my pegs down too low, too deep in the ground, and I can do anything God wants me to do, even when I don't understand it, such as when God asked him to offer up his son. When I can't see it, I want you to go out, but I'm not going to tell you where to go. I'll just lead you as you go. If I, can, if, if I can do that, if I can trust God by faith, man alive, he's got a city waiting on us that are saved, amen? We call it heaven. Let's, you know, I'm going to give you, let me read you a verse. Colossians 3.12 says, If you then be risen with Christ, seek, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God, and set your affections. What do you love? What do I love? What do we love? Set your affections on things above, not on things of this earth. The cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches will rob us of faith and everything else. I remember reading, and I'm about through here, I remember reading the story of old Uncle Bud Robinson. Old Uncle Bud Robinson was a Nazarene preacher. Now, he was a simple man. He was a separated man. 
He was a saved man. He was a preacher. He was a country preacher. And he was somewhere in the vicinity of New York City, and somebody said, I want to take you and let you see New York City. You've never seen it. No, never been there. He said, well, take you at night so you can really see the splendor of New York City. He said, man, lights will be flashing everywhere. He said, it'll be a beautiful sight to you. And they took old Uncle Bud Robinson, kept him about three hours going through New York and showing him some stuff at night. He wrote in his little diary, he said, you know, when I got home, I went pretty quick to my prayer altar, and I got on my knees. And I said, Lord, I have something to thank you for tonight. He said, I want to thank you that I didn't see one thing that I wanted. We want a lot of stuff, don't we? Lord, help us. Oh, Abraham knew there was a land that is fairer than day. And by faith, he could see it afar. For the Father waits over the way to prepare a dwelling place there. Because he was a man of faith that had an eye on heaven, you remember that event in, this, that event in uh, Genesis 13 when, when Lot's herdman and Abraham's herdman got to fussing and arguing and the Bible made specific mention the parasite was in the land? Not a parasite, but a parasite was in the land. And, and, and I believe that Abraham was concerned about his testimony in front of the world. And uh, so they're going to have to separate. Here's old Lot. He lived, by, he lived by sight. Abraham lived by faith. That's what made it easy for Abraham to do what he did. What did he do? He was the older man. He could pull rank on him. He said, listen, the land wasn't given to you, son. It was given to me. If you're not satisfied where you are, you're just going back to there of the Chaldees. But he didn't do that. You know what he said? He said, I tell you what, nephew, you look around, and if you want to go that way, I'll go that way. But if you want that way, I'll go that way. If you'd rather go that way, I'll go this way. It doesn't matter to me. He said it didn't matter to him. It didn't matter to him. Because, see, he wasn't looking for sand and dirt. He was looking for a home in heaven. And the day when he would be with his Lord forever and ever and ever, what a blessing that was. Abraham had faith. Lot lived by sight and lifted up his eyes. Saw the watered plains. Kind of looked like Egypt. He'd been down to Egypt with Abraham. And he said, man, that place looks good. I believe, I, I believe I'm going that way. You know what he ended up with? Nothing. His whole life was about what he could see. And he ended up losing everything that he'd lived for. Abraham, he lived by faith. He stayed in the promised land. By the way, we don't have any evidence that he ever got it all, or Israel's ever had it all, really. But he, had a, he, he, wanted, he knew he had something permanent coming. And if we realize what we have coming, you know the issue is not what we live in, it's what we live for. May God help us, Amen. The world says, show me, and I'll believe. You know what God says? He said, you believe, and I'll show you. That's the way it is with God. We can have victory, but we can only have victory through faith. We can only please God through faith. And you know what? Abraham, this man of faith, though he was imperfect, this man of faith, he was, has been a blessing to the entire world. 
God said, I'll bless thee, and I'll make you a blessing. And he's been a blessing to the whole world, and his descendants gave us the Bible. His descendants gave us the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, let me tell you, he, he was blessed by God. And he became a blessing to all of us. Are you a blessing to anybody because you are a man or a woman of real faith? Can you say when this conference is our revival meeting is over, can you say, Lord, I'm not giving enough to missions, but, and then you sit down and start figuring out how much you can afford to give? What kind of faith is that? Won't you just say, Lord, why don't you just tell me what to give? And if I don't, I can't feel, and I'm not talking about foolishness, but Lord, just tell me what to give, and whatever you tell me to give, by the way, anything God orders, He pays for. If he tells you to give it, he'll give it to you. And I believe that God will give us money like that that he otherwise wouldn't give us. See, we like to get God blessings and money and things from God in a bucket. God says, uh, do you have a funnel? I'd like to give it to you, but I'd like for it to go right through you, right into the missions program of your church. So that other people in this world can know the joys. Can you imagine there's people that have never been inside of a church. They've never heard a gospel song. They've never seen a Bible. They've never heard an old-fashioned preacher preach. None of that. Well, you know, God said, I blessed y'all right there in America. Now, if you think I blessed you so you could just heap it on yourself, you've missed the boat. God blesses us so we can be a blessing. God gives to us so we can give. God saved us so we can tell others how to be saved. May God help us with that. Amen. Is anybody being blessed through your life? Don't be deceived by riches and the cares of this world. Let's have faith like Abraham. And sometimes we won't understand what God's up to, but we just trust him and act upon his word. Let's pray.